0: Pedro Boys with Josh and Pete. We had a bit, but I did it wrong. Pedro Boys.
1: Pedro Boys with Pete. And Josh. And Josh. El Sin, Chapter 3.
0: What are you doing there?
1: I gotta figure out what um, Sin is in Spanish. I bet it sounds cool. Spanish for sin. Hmm. Spanish translation for sin. Hmm. I don't know. Sin. Dang it! All right, here we go. Let's switch it. No. Dang it. Alright, Spanish. Alright, there we go. Switch it. Picado. Sin. Picado. If you're just joining el, us,
0: this is Poe, voice. El no, po boys. <laughs> <laughs> el
1: Picado. Crap! El Picado, chapter 3. I wonder what chapter is in Spanish. Alright, chapter. Capitulo. tres. El Picado. Pedro, boys. Oh, boy. I so am Pedro. So we're um, canceled what? now, I think. <laughs> All right. If you can do your racist Cajun voice, My I can bayou do in um, Your Bayou voice? Yeah. Um, I can do this voice. All right. So um, I'm Pete. This James is Josh. I'm wife. And um, yeah, uh, we're covering Ugh. episode um, chapter three, Ugh. subtitled The Sin, um, Whoa. And it seems like we're airing our multiple sins right now um, with Josh's um, racially charged Bayou voice from last week um, and my accurate um, Hispanic uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Nicaraguan voice, I would imagine. <sighs> um, Gosh. So we're covering chapter three. Um, the de- description of that is... The battered Mandalorian returns to his client for reward.
0: Yes. Mandalorian Um, episode three.
1: This on Disney Plus.
0: Hey, real quick. Disney Plus. Since we're talking Uh Disney Plus, since everybody's listening to this, we're assuming you're watching The Mandalorian. We'll get to the Mandalorian in a second, but I'm realizing we may not have discussed this yet. Let's discuss it. Have we talked about how they recut uh, Han v. Greedo in A New Hope for Disney+. Plus.
1: No, and have you checked it out
0: yet? I have. It was a, we watched Mandalorian and then we <laughs> went right and like, fast-forwarded to that part and I watched it.
1: Um, so why don't you provide a little bit of background for our uh, listeners that are not up to date with that?
0: Well, in 1977 when Star Wars first came out, Greedo... Fast-forward, fast-forward. And is about to shoot Han and they have their little talk And Greedo shoots Han, Han falls over dead, and Greedo spits on him, and then Greedo is Han for the rest of the movie. But in the re-release in the 90s, George Lucas re-edited it uh, so that Han kind of weirdly dodges Greedo's laser bolt and then shoots Greedo. There's actually a really good episode of a podcast called Imaginary Worlds uh, where they go into... George Lucas's thinking and in, in re-editing that sequence—it's really interesting. And honestly, I mean, I, you know, I get it. You know, he, unlike violence, he's unlike guns, he kind of is rethinking his movie and his hero. Well,
1: not know. just that though, because he was also super salty about the holiday special. Um, which I've been thinking about that lately since they did that plug-in in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, because George Lucas was just, uh, or sorry, Big George, um, as his friends call him. Um, he was just willing to, like, cut and refuse to, like, admit any faults as he made multiple changes to Star Wars.
0: Right. But that, yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't do the holiday special. But yeah, he hated that, that for sure. Um, so originally Han shoots first and then they made it so that Greedo shoots first and Han dodges. And then on the. Blu-ray release I want to say back in 2011 they edited it again so that it's just a nonsense disaster and everything happens at once and you can't really tell Mm -hmm. and then now for Disney Plus they've edited it again again and it's basically the same as the last it seems like they both kind of shoot at the same time, but Han also dodges to the left a little. Uh-huh. It's whatever. I don't, it's, I don't care. it's gotten so visually confusing at this point that I don't know that I would have figured out that they had changed it if I if I hadn't seen online. Yeah,
1: but there's those things that like people focus in on um, and they just care so much about yeah, and like that's that's a big one. Yeah, so I mean
0: that's the main reason to get Disney Plus. But if you've already got that and you've watched that into oblivion and you're like, well, I gotta do something else with this nonsense, then hopefully you came here to this podcast where we're talking about episode episode tra- chapter three, El Picado, the sin. Back up to like 37 minutes for this episode. So they're kind of all over the place. First episode was like 40. Second episode was 33. Now we're back up to 37. All over the yeah. place.
1: World yeah. World. And I'm not really minding, too. Like, I, I no. after chapter two, I, I didn't think, oh, man, I wish there was like more with the rhino scene. Or I wish that we got to watch him chase the sand uh, crawler a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, um, when
0: I saw the running time was 33 minutes, I fell shortchanged. But the episode did not feel like 33 minutes. It didn't feel short.
1: I mean, maybe like maybe some track. more maybe some more a little yawny. Yeah. Um, but like, that's not it the episode's some more of the fault. I was eating the egg. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh. TT! Why am I, no, why am I encouraging you? Stop it, stop it, stop.
0: Can they, uh, you think that they should probably, they're always like, whenever these Star Wars movies comes out, like, two days after the movie's out, Entertainment Weekly will be like, you'll never guess who did all the ADR for blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Sam is this stormtrooper. Kevin Smith is that stormtrooper. A oh, Blah, 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 blah. They should bring in me, and you're like, oh, we're at that desert planet, and everybody's throwing color powder everywhere. Oh, look at that weird guy.
1: Wouldn't that be good? No. No. Oh. Thank, thank you for the question. Wouldn't that be good? No.
0: Um... Imagine this. You walk into a cantina, and you style up to a bar, and are like, oh, whoa, there's like a worm thing. There's a werewolf man. Oh, whoa. What's that weird thing over there?
1: Well, that'd be good. No, thank you for asking again.
0: Well, can't believe up, I'm trying.
1: So this episode, um uh,
0: <laughs> I did the same noise, but, I, but I did it into my glass of water.
1: Hey, that's that's great. Um, oh, thank you. That's
0: all I needed to hear.
1: <clears throat> onward and upward. Yeah. Okay. Um. Onward and upward. Um. So this episode starts. Um. They are in space. Uh-huh. And they're returning to the planet that we at one point thought was Tatooine. Based off of just seeing the town.
0: Oh, man. And um, they really...
1: They go they out of their you.
0: way in this episode with something. To be like, you thought that was Tatooine, didn't you?
1: Yeah, they're because like... Because when it goes
0: back to the planet from episode one, there's Jawas there. Uh-huh. As if to be like, no, see, Jawas could be anywhere. It was a Tatooine, was it? John Faber trying to clown us
1: yeah well we'll get into a couple things um, Mm -hmm. with this Um, some influences that Jon Favreau had for this episode um, in a little bit but um, I really enjoyed the little Yanni and Mando interactions you know little Yanni gets out of his um, crib and we get to Um, see him
0: do it last week he kept getting out of the crib I was like how's he doing this is he just falling on his face how's he getting out of that crib Got to see him get out of the crib. Kind of dangled down. It was
1: great. Yeah, That's I mean, it's I also it's also just showing, too, that, like, Mando is not a good dad. Like, but he's, he's he's a struggling dad, right? Because, like, when you're a single dad, I would imagine, not that either of us are, that you buckle mm-hmm. up your kid. You buckle up your kid. And he clearly didn't do that. Well, he um, got the car seat. He got the car seat, but then you have to do, you know, you have to actually buckle little Yanni in and... He clearly didn't do that. Now, there, there aren't the same dangers, you know, flying in space there as there are driving a car. But if I'm thinking, like, hey, this is like the Razor Crest is obviously a, a real modern day minivan, you know, with like missiles and lasers and carbonite stuff. Um, why are you doing that? You know, you're a bad dad. You should probably give this kid away. That's a bad um, dad. But I am obsessed with the facial expressions that little Yanni is doing like what they're describing the emotion that they're describing with his eyes is just Mm -hmm. like it's insane it's like and apparently um i was watching some interviews all of that's real like it's not it's um not animation yeah
0: yeah we got to talk about the puppet real quick i stumbled upon a little tidbit about the yawning puppet Um, so when they're filming, and I guess it was probably when they were filming this episode, they talk about, you know, they have Werner Herzog shows up again in this episode, the client, the old man who says bounty hunting, it's a sassy profession, yada, yada. Uh, they're filming with Werner Herzog and the puppet. They do a take.
1: I think it was bounty hunting is the source of depression.
0: That's the one. Um, they do a take, Yanni and the client, Yanni and Werner. And then they take the puppet Yanni away, and they're like, all right, we're going to do a blank slate now, in case we do a a, a puppet in ILM, um, to which Ver Herzog responded by calling them cowards.
1: Really? Is that real? Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to find the exact... Yeah, you're cowards. Leave it. Leave it. In regards to getting rid of the puppet uh, with the prospect of, of putting it in digitally. This is a story that Dave Filoni and John Favreau recounted at one of these um, Mandalorian, uh, I don't know, screening events. Um, our commented on the story saying, I got a love for this. It's all cinema. Let's face it, I love both sides of the fence. But yeah, I just, gosh, the idea of that man, of them taking away. Little Yanni. <laughs> little Yanni from this man. <laughs> I'm going, you're a coward! <laughs> uh, um, I knew I liked him. I can just imagine. And you know, you know John was like, Fabro. Oh, I'm not a coward, I'm not a coward. And probably spent like the whole day like at lunch break, like bringing in weights and trying to lift around Verner Herzog to like prove himself. Like, you know that shook Fabro to his core. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Pete and I, we ain't ever been called cowards by Vernon Herzog. That's a fact. Yeah, that is true. That's a fact. Yeah, that um, puppet is, is really good. And my, my girlfriend and I were watching, trying it for a while, particularly in the you know first, second episode, before you get used to it. it. It is a little... We had a little bit of trouble figuring out if it was a puppet or not, and I think a big part of it is because it's so... It's a 50, but it's, you know it's a 50-year-old baby, so I think they actively kind of... It's a little soft. It's a little glowy-ish. You know, it's got that baby face. But yeah, great puppet.
1: Now... The beginning of this episode does a really good job in making you hate the protagonist, like you know, like <laughs> yeah, real, real stick in the mud. realistically,
0: real stick in the You
1: know he's people. not going to abandon little Yanni. Oh, he. I I suspected he would abandon little Yanni. But you you argue like that. he he does. Yeah, but like in the like you know he is going to like save little Yanni. Like
0: yeah. they, they have a yeah.
1: connection. Like, you know, I mean, the that episode's said, titled The Sin. Yeah. I I suspected
0: he was going to give the baby up initially. I wasn't sure if he would immediately come back for it or if it would be one of those things where you get an episode or two before it comes up again. Uh-huh. But yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, like, heartbreaking. Because, like, look, you don't look, know little Yanni's 50-year background, but, like, mm-hmm. based on how he was reacting... You know terrified just like looking all over the place doesn't really know what's happening and then even like the um air from like another ship coming down is like beating against his his ear as he's looking Mm -hmm. like it's just insane the production value that they're doing for this
0: yeah yeah
1: um but little yanni gets um you know sold you know Gets it turned back for in. So much bespoke metal. Um, for a bunch of bespoke metal from an a ice cream maker.
0: A bespoke metal Yeah.
1: I didn't realize that. Oh, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, Oh my god. Do they have yeah. to explain everything in Star Wars? And the answer <laughs> is yes.
0: Well, and then another there's there's a back alley that he's sneaking through to get back to the Ex Imperial guys when he's going to save Yanni. And in the background in the back alley, there's a giant pole in the garbage, and it's the same type of like metal rod they use to try to prop the trash compactor up.
1: Really? I didn't know. Unmistakable.
0: That. Unmistakable. Yeah, like when you see it, you'll immediately I mean there's literally a picture of you and I holding one at Star Celebration.
1: Oh it's yeah, like that yeah. big
0: steel rod, <laughs> part of it is like kind of ribbed, like like one of those um
1: I wish they, rollers. I wish they would do that again. Yeah, that was cool. That was, that was a fun. Cool. That was a fun prop. Yeah, uh, um, so he goes um, to the armor and is like, "Pimp me out, um, you know. Give me the works. Give me the loot. Give me the loot." Um, and the armor gets to work. However, um, there is a Mandalorian that's like. I can't believe you're doing this stuff with the First Order. The Empire did all these things, and that Mandalorian, that kind of chunky, heavy set Mandalorian, um, was played by none other than John well, Favreau.
0: I don't know that. I don't think he was actually played by him. I think he was just voiced by him.
1: Really? Okay. Because yeah. I know the. I mean, you and I both know. Why he threw that in? That whole dialogue in.
0: Which part specifically?
1: The part where he's like, "Oh, you're hanging out with those people that like hurt us so much. I can't believe you would do that."
0: Oh uh, yeah. Um. Sure, we're gonna get into that on air.
1: Yeah. Well. Um. So, first time listeners, um, we. Our feud with Jon Favre goes way back. Um,
0: Long-standing feud predates the podcast, predates the Mandalorian, predates the Disney merger. Yeah, Star Wars. Um, it's a thing.
1: Josh and I are friends with Dave Filoni, um, who he directed the first episode. He's a big animation guy. Um, mm-hmm. He and big big George uh, George Lucas are super close. Yeah. Um, and Dave and he's basically George Lucas's dad. I think I got that right. And Dave and John are friends. So... Yeah. um, We have kind of been in the same circles for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. John Favreau is just like... Kind of... He's a um, (laughs) Sleemo. You know, a Nerf Herder. Mm A real uh, Moof Milker. A real Moof Milker. And he threw this one little line in as a direct shade to the Poe Boys. um, Because... We, um, historically, will have this, like, little event um, that happens after Thanksgiving, um, a Friendsgiving. Mm -hmm. And it is... But not like you're thinking. Ours is cooler. Yeah, it's it's, um, not just food, um, but it's also a workout routine. It's, Mm -hmm. um, you know a couple little mini conferences where we're talking about ideas, marketing strategies, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, a little bit of a Shark Tank pitching ideas. Mm. Um, And it's really, you know, a who's who of the shakers and movers of the Star Wars universe um, are kind of there. And um, we don't invite Jon Favreau after um, the dipped fest party that we had where he did not bring mm-hmm. a chip, he did not mm-hmm. bring a dip, and then mm-hmm. he insulted um, the chips that we did bring, thinking that you can't use Triscuits as... Yeah. Oh, a oh chi- Triscuits! Oh, we could just That's bring anything chip. to this. That's well, not then a I'm chip. glad
0: I brought nothing, is what he tells me. You, to my face! Yeah. At my party, that I'm throwing with my friend Pete. Yeah. To my face, he says this.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we've had this feud going back... Um, predates the pod yeah, in his
0: heart because we're friends with Dave and we're friends with Pedro Pascal, yeah. Mandalorian himself yeah. and quite frankly I suspect that this scene where he says how you'd be working with him blah, blah 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 I don't even think that that was in the script I think that that was something that was said on set I think that's behind the scenes footage IRL nonfiction that they were like oh we can work with this
1: so that's kind of why that whole scene about them fighting—they show the sword, um, the vibro blade that's like, you know, moving so quickly that you really can't see the blade—to um, explain, you know, um, the stabbing that happens later in the episode. Um, but I we did get... not notice it was a vibro blade. Oh yeah. Um, we to go back and check that out.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Because is it is that the same knife? Is it the knife he uses? Against the
1: yes. Mudhorn? Yes. No, uh, yes. Okay. And the one he uses against the Stormtrooper.
0: Okay, good to know, good to
1: know. Um, we do get one of, probably the best quote to date from the show.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I, this is I the way. I also think the best quote to date is in this scene. Oh, that, that was not what I was going to say.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, this is the way.
0: Okay.
1: Um, which is pretty cool.
0: So, let's talk about this. Uh-huh. Um, well first the positive, I wanna say my, I think my favorite quote from this series so far also happened in this scene, but it's when, uh, the Mandalorian is explaining how he escaped the Mudhorn and all this stuff, and he's like, oh, my, my, I was helped by my enemy. And I ask, why did your enemy help you? And he goes, he didn't know he was my enemy. That was deep. I dug that. Okay. I like Mandalorians. I like all this scene. I like this episode. I think that this scene with the armor and all these Mandalorians showing up felt like a very heavy exposition dump that could have been handled with a l- little more tact, or maybe I think maybe if some of the information we got in this scene, I think it could have been spread out between the last time that the Mando was back here and this time. Um, I I would agree with that. And I and I. I, I hate to sound like a, a, a jaded little punk. To me, you know, just the way that everything was being introduced at once, it felt a little artificial. Felt like this conversation wouldn't be happening. And so when they start debuting that, this is the way line. Uh huh. Like they said it, and I saw it on a T-shirt. Like that was the. It just felt. It felt like a catchphrase. Type
1: well, that's been thing. the big thing with um, the reviews of the show that they say, you know, little Yanni, you know, Baby Yoda merch is like mm-hmm. the epitome of capitalism. But then all the articles are like, huh. shut up and take my money. Um, so, I mean, they're they're clearly doing things to market this and to make mm-hmm. a profit, but that's nothing that's, you know, Star Wars or Disney hasn't already been doing. Right. So it's like, well, I, it's... I it's,
0: argue, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna... I, you know, I think there's always gonna be people that are gonna be like, oh, they did this just for action figures. If you're watching this show... uh uh-huh. And little baby Yanni shows up... though See? So I'm not, Jay, because I... I mean, I didn't see Yanni and think, action figure, doll, toy, you know? I mean, we joke about, like, oh, yeah, there's gonna be tons of little Yanni merch at Star Celebration. But to me, I... You know, Yanni to me doesn't feel like a cash grab or anything, and neither neither does this is the way. It doesn't. I I have no no belief that it was engineered to be something put on a T-shirt, but because this scene to me felt a little less than organic, I guess the thing I always like to say about stuff like this is I can feel it being written. Like I can I can feel that it was written. It feels or that it was like a it was a producer note. Uh, no, 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 no. Just like that, it feels like it's words from a script, not like a conversation folks are actually having. Uh huh. Um, like it was just so much information about their lot in life. To but every like everyone in the room is explaining things that everyone in the room knows already. So why are they be saying it, except for our benefit type of thing? And again, I know you
1: know. No, not trash. no. Well, I mean, drunk, I think it's also like but, a like something that's used to uh, um, show solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I
0: agree, yeah. And I, I just, I think, and my buddy at work mentioned that he's pretty sure that Mando does say, this is the way back in the first episode. Oh, really? Um, and I, I suspect he might, when he, when he mentions that he wants some of the bespoke metal to be kept aside for the foundlings, this is the way or something. Um, and I, yeah, I think to me it just it was just a lot of exposition, um, at once, and it, it didn't feel as organic as it could have. So some of the stuff chafed a little more than it, it might otherwise. So
1: Mando goes to the bar, um, it, with his new outfit. Yeah, with his new outfit, you know, better or worse than his old know, outfit. You know, and we've what all done think? that too, where you know we've worked out, and we mm-hmm. just want to look good, feel good, and have people watch. Um,
0: yeah. and... Yeah, I mean, I'll go to the gym, and then, yeah, I'll go and walk around Home Depot for a half hour. I want people to see the work I put in. Yeah, um, and that's... I don't, I don't do leg day to hide these getaway sticks. I do leg day to walk around Home Depot in little shorts, so everyone can see the work I do.
1: Yeah, um, I think we're on the same page here. So, um, everybody's like, ooh, and they're like, dang! And then some people are like, ugh... <laughs> Um, but wait, do you like the new armor more? Um, yes. Okay. Um, I think it the color. I mean, he hasn't really changed it at at this point.
0: Um. Yeah, it's all just silver.
1: Yeah. So it, he's like a walking like steel me sign.
0: Because
1: um, <laughs> it's also like bringing like a new car or like having like the new iPhone into like a bad area.
0: Yeah. It's like bringing your new car into Home Depot, which I also do. If I get a new car, if I go work out, what Home Depot phone, are you at? Like, what shady Home Depot, Home to Depot
1: to are you at? I want all the guys to see my new stuff. Um, so grief carga's like, there's my boy, hamming it
0: up. Carl Weathers knocking it out, parking this. There, the there's
1: my boy. He's so
0: schmoozy. feels like a record producer. He's on
1: Cloud Nine. Oh yeah, that that's yeah. that's really apt. A record producer, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, my
0: partner here, the Mando.
1: Oh, and orating to the whole
0: bar. Oh, here he is. Here's the guy.
1: <laughs> here's my best. Here's my best customer. Here is my And it friend. looks like Grief
0: Karga had a little payday from this as well. Got himself some bespoke metal. Yeah.
1: And then um, Mando asks about little Yanni a second time. Um, Where we learn that that is against the code, the bounty code, the guild code. Uh, Werner Herzog also
0: iterates as much that you know once the transaction's done, that's it. You know, ask after it. You know, you fetch the bounty. That's all the information you get.
1: Yep. Um, so
0: very uncouth. And then. Of him to be asking these types. of
1: And things. then he's going to go to a water world to get a mon calamari. Person, yep. I forget. Was it yep. a prince or a governor or something?
0: So Yeah. Yeah. Like royalty. I'm, I'm sure someone out there might have an idea of who that might be. I don't.
1: Yeah. Probably there'll be a book and a comic book series that yep. uh, reference that and they'll be on a T-shirt.
0: It may very well be that resistance road to road to force. Uh, there's there's a four issue comic book miniseries that just came out. That involves the Mon Calamari and the road from Last Jedi to, to Rise of Skywalker. Maybe that. And it introduces Admiral Ackbar's son. I don't think that was Admiral Ackbar's son, though. But,
1: yeah. Well, that's nice to know they had a family. Yeah. Um, I want to know he lost something. <laughs> I want to know that there's somebody that's going to avenge him. Sure. Um. So, he goes back to the ship, and he's getting ready. You know, he's um, syncing up his Bluetooth... Um,
0: and he takes the bounty that's the farthest away. He's like he's getting he's out. He's
1: checking of here. his defroster so that he's at a comfortable temperature. Um, he's then checking his GPS. Like, oh,
0: windshield! He has to go out. He goes into the trunk and digs out his little window scraper. He's got. And with then that. he
1: hits the power converters that he got from the Toshi station, and he realizes that little Yanni, that little rascal, um, never put it back. After he yeah, after, after he took the little ball off the power converter that he got from
0: the nah, a little, nah, a little little
1: lever, little, yeah. little lever he got from the Toshi station while he's looking mm-hmm. for some power converters, um mm-hmm. and it's actually I mean I generally thought that the acting and they Pedro Pascal's talked about this about the difficulty of acting without facial expressions you know you only have the helmet. Yeah. Um, Granted, little Yanni's doing the acting for him. Is um, just knocking it out of the park. Um,
0: yeah, you make a that, you make a really good point. This scene is is the perfect example of that. He really does communicate a lot with with body language and the motion of the helmet. And yeah, he he, he does exactly. He knocks it out of the park.
1: Yeah, so he is now like, all right, little Yanni, you mind now? Um, I am. And then the score starts thumping. Yeah, and stops about to go down. Um, he does a little scouting of the area, and then he checks the dumpster, or does he check? Does he blow it up then check the dumpster? I don't
0: remember.
1: Because he, d- he he checks the dumpster and see that they threw.
0: Oh, he's a crib. Yeah, he
1: sees a little Yanni's you know, crib, yeah. and then he.
0: For sale, baby crib. Um, it used to belong to
1: Yoda's little guy and he is like let's do this and then we watch um a progression where we see basically the mandalorian's entire weapon arsenal used as he infiltrates Mm -hmm. this um base um which is really cool because the first two episodes we kind of see him get like beat up or outshined right like the I the yeah. IG unit in that first episode point. does most of the heavy lifting.
0: Yeah, and we see him get clowned by the blur, we see him get clowned by the mudhorn.
1: Um and That's and, and the jaw was get... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is a really I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, yeah, because like I said in the first episode, I, I appreciated that they didn't just immediately make him invincible, so cool you can't even stand it, dude. He gets clowned. And so now yeah, I like that now he's finally able to, you know, he's not caught off guard. Here, he has time to plan. He shows up, he shows up. comes correct. He knows what's up. Also, quick shout out to him ripping off the doorknob eyeball thing. That was great.
1: Yeah, that was really cool.
0: The, the you know, it's the same as the thing that comes out of the door in Return of the Jedi. That thing. I'm pretty sure when he rips it, it screams. Um, yeah, probably. Pretty dark. Yeah,
1: it's a dark show.
0: Shout out to Deborah Chow, the director, who I think really knocked it out of the park with this action sequence. I, I any other director, for better or worse, I feel like you, you take your average Joe director into this, and I can smell it. I can smell. It. Some people say they have a wig, Dar they can tell, you know, somebody's wearing a wig in a movie or something like that. Me, I got tracking shot, Dar. Okay? I can smell a mile away. Somebody's like, this one's going to be a one This one, hallway fight. Single shot. 14 minutes. Here we go. Get ready. Any other director would have made that. Some sort of lengthy tracking shot. Which is not bad. I'm not saying this is bad or good. But I think this different channel. And, and to be fair, it's. I probably should have looked it up. But also the director of photography of this episode should also... Be credited, and in a perfect world, i know their name. Um, really interesting angles, really interesting take on the whole thing. Some great shots along the way in there. Yeah, it was, it was really cool action. It was done
1: very well. Um, I I think that uh, my favorite scene is probably um, the scene where at, right after he gets a little yawny. Like there's a stormtrooper at either door, and then he's just like, You're trying to shoot little Yanni, I'm gonna burn you alive. That wasn't nice. yeah. um like <laughs> he literally had like zero remorse as he just wiped out guy after guy. And it's not like <clears throat> the show is making you like care about the stormtroopers, right? Like he like hurt the crib and the guy was like, You watch it. Um <laughs> so You're fine with him just killing mindless stormtroopers, but it was, I mean, it was super cool. And, um, we end, um, the final scene with a major shootout, um, after he leaves the tracking, um, what's it called? Not a tracking chip. The fob? Fob? Is it fob or fog? Fob. Fob. Um... Starts is live again, and the whole guild basically, yeah, the whole bar the whole up. guild like Just surrounds he him, the code now. yeah.
0: So, Grief Karga and everyone else is, is after him,
1: yeah. Um, and
0: we get straight out of a western here. Grief Karga and all his men show up, he's utterly surrounded. Um, does a pretty cool maneuver where he's able to jump into a speeder that's being piloted by a droid, like an astromech. Mm-hmm. And he holds the astromech at gunpoint. and says drive and it works. I like that quite a bit. But then that speeder gets taken out and he's essentially in a wagon surrounded by more firepower than he is ever going to be able to deal with. Yeah.
1: And um, some cool things. Um, we get to see his rifle again. Um, we see. That we get to see that Grief Carga has never actually seen the Mandalorian in action because he's like, that's an impressive weapon. Um, and, um, he's just basically surrounded that scene where it's like, you know, he thinks that's all is lost and he's just like staring at little Yanni. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, and then he gets bailed out by, um, his, his friends, his, it's more relatives or like his, like gym club members,
0: yeah, well, so all the Mandalorians, it's its great. He's down on his luck. He's going to die. He's looking a little yawny in the eyes. This is it. This is the end. And then, <coughs> so many Mandalorians. Oh, my gosh. So shooting everybody. And who should show up? Big giant minigun. It's the bully that Jon Favreau was. And they were in a fight. And they don't get along. And after all, the smoke's clears, <coughs> So many pulls And he looks at this guy. And these guys were in a fight. They were going to kill each other. They were going to kill each other earlier today. And they look at each other. And he nods, and the big giant Mandalorian
1: goes. This is the way.
0: And the Mandalorian nods and goes to his ship. He flees.
1: Um, we get a nice. Grief Karga's waiting. Yeah, we more. get a little interaction with Grief Karga. Um, you find out that Grief Karga is not the head because he's the big bad, um, because he gets clowned immediately. But. There are no hard feelings. Um, the Mandalorian uh, doesn't have any interest in killing this guy who he thinks is his friend. He just shoots the Bezcar. Uh
0: I don't know that he knows he's shooting the Oh Bezcar. no,
1: He makes a point um, where in the bar he shows where he's keeping the Bezkar.
0: Yeah. Right. But that scuffle, there's fog. He's running. He's grabbing his there's pistol. Fog. It seems there- very... I don't know. No, I think... I don't know that he meant to. I think
1: it's. I think it's pretty much assumed that he's skilled enough mm. that he would. Uh, he didn't mean to kill him. Maybe. So, um, he ends up getting out of there. Um, he's now on the run from the guild. And he establishes. He does establish
0: before leaving that because the Mandalorians all show themselves they, to help him, they have to leave yeah. because in this huge exposition dump of a scene, we also learn that. Their are Mandalorians are kind of like hardcore refugees who are also, on the brink I of it, guess, um, extinction. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Well, they say, like, we don't go out in numbers. We only go out like one at a time. We're not in groups.
1: Which is weird because um, the end of Star Wars Rebels, it, you're led to believe that Mandalore is being reestablished.
0: We're trying, something. yeah, 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 but then you know, something called the purge happens between where we leave them in the lorians at the end of Rebels and now there's a, a purge that it, it, you know, I thought maybe they were just referring to the Jedi purge, but it seems pretty clear that they are not, yeah.
1: So, I mean, we'll learn more if this is just a specific clan, and that's kind of why um, they're in hiding. Or if it's Mandalorians writ large, Um, I'd assume it's probably writ large because explaining the clans whole system is not really conducive to like the mass audience that the show is kind of appealing to. I suspect
0: there are pockets of Mandalorian refugees all over.
1: Yeah. So my
0: hope, not my hope, one thing I am thinking could potentially happen is at the end of this season, he could end up finding a larger cell of Mandalorians. Yada, Yeah. Look, I just want to see the dark saber in live action. Okay. And I'm thinking the season finale of this show might just be, the mm-hmm. but who knows?
1: All right. Well, um, that's all I have. Um,
0: yeah, I don't take any notes for this show. Yeah, so.
1: Uh, next week's episode titled chapter four. Um, we have Bryce Dallas Howard as the director and it looks like we're getting um, the um, what's her name? Um,
0: Cara Cara- Dune? Could it finally yeah. be Cara- the Cara- Cara Dune, Dune,
1: Yeah, uh, Gina Carano. So Heck yeah. that'd be pretty cool. That's one of the people that we've been more excited to see in the in the show. So yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Can't wait. And then we'll be halfway through the
1: season. Yeah. So um, if you oh, want to follow us, Po Po-boy- Boys Podcast at um, oh, sorry, at Poe Boys Podcast. Um, shoot us an email, poboyspodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good one.